I'm starstruck, putting that out there. This is episode 14. One episode away from the finale, but this episode is better than the finale. This episode, I don't care if in a year from now I have a million followers. Hopefully I'm big enough to ever have him personally come in, this this guest I had today. He is the coolest human being I have ever met. I have fangirled over this guy since I was 10, because I'm a huge dinosaur, dinosaur nerd. He is the father of paleontology, the most legendary paleontologist, the number one world's most famous paleontologist, Jack Horner. He wrote the book that the guy who wrote Jurassic Park based off of his book. There's more stuff. We talked about a lot of things. He's creating a fucking dinosaur. He is creating a dinosaur that he says one day. No, I'm not going to give it away. He says something very interesting about a dinosaur. His name is Jack Horner. I said it again. I'm going to say it three times. Jack Horner. Like this guy, I'm still shaking at the fact that I met this guy because I, I rarely get starstruck. And I'm, I've been into dinosaurs since I was a little kid. And he has been the dinosaur guy. Holy fuck. This guy was so sick. Uh, Jack, if you're listening to this, which I hope you are. Thank you so much, dude. And one day I'm going to go out there and dig with you. And I'm going to buy your first chickenosaurus. Just watch the podcast, guys. Watch the podcast. This is the coolest podcast I've ever. It's it's not too long, and it's the coolest, coolest fucking podcast you'll ever listen to in your life. This is, if you like anything related to anything ever, watch this. Thank you for watching. See you next week. Howdy. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Excellent. How are you doing? Really, really good. I gotta say, it's such an honor to have you on, man. <laughs> Really appreciate you coming on. Um, I don't even know where to start, man. Like, I, it's going to be a little far-fetched, but you've been my hero since I was like 10 years old. <laughs> I've been a huge... You like dinosaurs, do you? Dude, I love dinosaurs. And I, I left it at home. I was going to bring it. It's not really a dinosaur thing, but I, had a, I have a megalodon tooth. I was going to bring that in. Where do you live? I live in South Florida. South Florida. Yeah, there's not many dinosaurs here, but... There aren't any dinosaurs down there, except some politicians. <laughs> there's a lot of megalodon teeth down here, though. Yes, there are. Yeah, there's a lot of fossils in, in a lot of the rivers. Mm -hmm. I've, I've personally found just shark teeth, never any fossils, but I do want to go up to Megalodon Bay in like central Florida, where there's like a river where you could find a bunch of their teeth, supposedly, overrun with with uh, crocodiles though, and alligators. <laughs> crocodiles. Not many crocodiles, alligators more than anything. Yeah, yeah I've got a... Where, where, you got, where you are right now, Oregon, right? See way back there behind me, I've got a bunch of alligator skulls. Oh shoot, yeah, I see them. Is that part of your studies or you just like alligators? Yeah, well, I, you know, they're... Dinosaurs are related to alligators and birds. So, okay. so your, your area of expertise is dinosaurs. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> How long have you been into that? I was born this way. <laughs> when did you start, though? Well, I found my first dinosaur bone when I was eight. Really? Yeah. Where? Montana. 
That's that's where I want to go. I've always wanted to go on a dig with my friends. Mm-hmm. What kind of dinosaur bone was it? You know, it was a duckbill dinosaur. Okay, and you find when I was thirteen, I found my first dinosaur skeleton. Oh, what what dinosaur was that one? Another duckbill dinosaur. <laughs> What's your favorite dinosaur? Myasaura. I've actually never heard of that dinosaur. It's a duckbill dinosaur as well. <laughs> so you're a duckbill dinosaur guy. I guess so. <laughs> and um, how how did all the Jurassic Park stuff happen? Well, you know, I I found a bunch of duckbill dinosaur babies, and and did some research on dinosaur behavior. And Michael Crichton, and I wrote a book called Digging Dinosaurs, and Michael Crichton read that and took his character, Alan Grant, from my book and then, and then uh, made the story about Jurassic Park. And then Steven Spielberg, because, because, because Michael Crichton had... Uh, used my character steven spielberg asked me if i would advise on his movie and and meet you know and then i met the actors and met sam neil so sam neil could see what his character was really like <laughs> so sam neil is based off of you essentially well according to the book yes wow that's actually incredible. I had no idea that it was that that in depth that it came from your book. So Jurassic Park was birthed by you, essentially. Well, you could take credit. It's okay. You could take credit. That's, I wouldn't really put it that way, but, but but I was, you know, it was flattering that that Michael Crichton had used my character. I guess that's awesome. That's really cool. We actually. Um, put out a post today with ask us questions to ask Jack. And we got a bunch of questions for you. But mainly, it's something I also want to ask because everybody's interested in your chicken source. Uh-huh. So what's that all about? Well, when I was working on Jurassic Park. Uh, a couple of things happened. I, you know, I was very. It was it was really cool to work on on that project and and see the, you know, the uh, the animatronics, the puppets, the they were life size. You know, the T Rex. I mean, it was run with, you know, it took twenty or thirty people to run it, and so it acted like a real animal. Wow. And, and that was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, the premise behind Jurassic Park is pretty interesting as well. You know, the idea that, that you might be able to get DNA out of a, out of amber or out of, out of an insect that might have bitten a dinosaur and then clone a dinosaur, you know, make, make one. So in 1993, when, when, when Jurassic Park came out, 
one of my graduate students and I actually got a grant from the National Science Foundation to attempt to find DNA in a dinosaur. We, we knew that at that time that you couldn't get it out of, out of an insect trapped in amber. Um, we knew that wasn't possible, but we thought maybe we could get it at, out of an actual dinosaur. So we had this big old T-Rex that we had collected and we drilled into the inside of the bones and, and tried to get, you know, and, and, and we found soft tissues. Wow. And, and actually we found parts of proteins, but we didn't find DNA. And so we knew, we, we discovered that we really couldn't do what they did in Jurassic Park. But I was still enamored by the idea of having a live dinosaur. And so, and so I looked into various different ways that that might be done. And we have a lot of ways of, you know, of modifying modern animals. I mean, you know, we, we actually, you know, we, mod we modify plants all the time. You know, we genetically engineer, um, you know, we, we, we have genetic engineering tools that we use to alter animals. And so, you know, you can go to the, you can go to the pet store and get glow in the dark fish. Yeah actually have that have genes in them from you know from 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 jellyfish that makes them glow in the dark and so you know the that was basically the premise behind you know uh, indominus rex was you could just take a bunch of genes from a bunch of different animals and put them in this embryo and you know make a new kind of dinosaur so so you know with these modification tools well, I just, I thought we might be able to make a dinosaur out of a bird, since a bird is the descendant of dinosaurs. And all of us in, you know, all living, all animals, all plants, you know, we, we carry ancestral, some of their ancestral DNA, we carry it with us. And so a lot of genes that used to do things in, in our ancestors, uh, have been turned off during the course of evolution and are, you know, we don't use them anymore. If you can find those genes and turn them back on, you can get some of the ancestral characters back. And so I and my research team, we started looking for ancestral genes in a, in a chicken. And, you know, we, we found a few of them. And so, you know, it's, theoretically possible right now to make it, uh, you know, to take a bird and, you know, a bird embryo and, and, and switch a few genes on and, and, and have it hatch out having a head that looks kind of like a velociraptor and having arms and hands instead of wings. And, and, you know, it, you know, teeth in its mouth. I mean, what we haven't figured out is how to make the long tail, the long bony tail. And that's, that's where we're stuck right now, but we're, you know, we're working on it. We're actually trying to make a dinosaur. That's the most exciting thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I've always been, I know it's a, it's a really controversial topic, the whole de-extinction thing, but I'm all for it. I am too. Yeah. I want to see a dinosaur. Yeah. We're causing extinctions all the time. We might as well, you know, help them out and bring some back. I like, I, I keep claiming 
I keep telling people if they can't save the animals that are going extinct to us, might as well make some new ones. <laughs> That's, I have, I gotta tell you this, and this shout out to my friend Dakota, because we, he's my best friend and we share this really twisted fantasy. I have, ever since I've seen every Jurassic Park, I've seen every horrible dinosaur movie after that, because anything that's not Jurassic Park is pretty garbage that they've come out with. There's a movie called Velocipaster about a pastor who turns into a dinosaur. <laughs> but um, I have this dark and twisted fantasy that I want them to bring back dinosaurs, essentially the T-Rex, preferably, or a animal that looks like a T-Rex, because that's, that's pretty much what we could do, and put me in some sort of enclosure with it, give me a point A and a point B, and I have to find my way through it and evade it. <laughs> That's something I would love to feel that rush to have a genuine T-Rex come after me. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to share that with you because him, right? You know, I, I have theorized that T-Rex was a scavenger and not a really a predator. So, you know. Do you think a T-Rex ate dead animals instead of going after them? I think it was an opportunist. I think I think that it was. It might have taken a sick live animal, and it might have, but it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have gone after. I mean, there's you know, it's big. It's it's way too big to be running. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's got bone crushing teeth. I mean, it, it's better off to just you know wait for somebody else to do the killing and then chase them away. In in your opinion, which is the most savage dinosaur out there then? Velociraptor? Well, I think T-Rex was pretty savage, but that doesn't mean that it was that it was an apex predator. That's what that's the, that's a better way to phrase my question. What, what which do you think was the top of the line apex predator? Back yeah, in the, day? the little the little yeah the little dromaeosaurids like Velociraptor or or Troodon things like that. Yep. Okay, that's actually really interesting to hear that theory because I actually have heard that T-Rex is. I also heard that they hunt in packs, T-Rexes, even though they were really big. Well, like all, you know, I don't, probably all the meat eaters were, <clears throat> were you, know, you know, at least in family groups of some sort. And how, how accurate now, after more studies, do you think Jurassic Park got to the actual look of the animals? Well, you know, we've, they've never... You know, Jurassic Park dinosaurs haven't changed, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason they haven't changed is because they're the same story, right? Yeah. So, so they can't really change. And when we made the first dinosaurs, we we were we had a lot of of uh, uh, well, there was just you know, it was the first time we actually used you know computer graphics like that and and so you know it was a movie that integrated uh, animatronic you know the, the the puppet and computer graphics and so you know sewing those two together making them so that they looked like the same animal you know that's a hard thing to do especially back then when when computer graphics was brand new and, um, you know, and, and trying to make a, you know, a life-size 
animatronic animal move like a real animal. I mean, it just, it's hard to do. That's why most of the scenes where we're using the, the animatronics, uh, it's raining most of the time. So that hides a lot of the, you know, the problem. And it was nighttime also. Yeah, and nighttime. So, you know, it's, it, it came out pretty good, you know. I mean, the first, or the original Jurassic Park still holds up today, in my opinion. And, you know, we couldn't put feathers on it. We knew that, you know, the Velociraptors should have feathers, but there was just, there was no way to do that. We, the computer graphics people, you know, didn't know how to do that at that time. And, and it would have looked pretty stupid on the puppets. So, <laughs> yeah. So we've so, known they've had feathers for that long. Just, you know, we just didn't have the technology at the time to do that. And so, so, you know, as we've moved through the movies, you know, we've added, you know, in Jurassic Park 3, we see some little bristly, feathery, yeah, little like spiky things coming out of their heads. Right. And that, but that's really about all we could ever do. I think in the, I haven't seen the new movie, but you know, the, the new one they're making, I, I hear that they will put some feathers on it and they can now. I mean, that's yeah, technology they can, they, they could use now. So. So hopefully, well, and, you know. My, my, my question is, aside from, okay, so they were created that way for, obviously, to make them look more realistic in the movies. But in real life, you're telling me that uh, Velociraptors were covered in feathers and more likely more dinosaurs were covered in feathers, correct? Probably all of mediating dinosaurs had feathers of some sort, yeah. Even T-Rex? Oh, even T-Rex, absolutely. You think back 65 million some years ago, the T-Rex was one huge bird. No, it wasn't a huge bird. It was a huge dinosaur. But, but you know, if you think about birds, birds are the descendants of dinosaurs. And, you know, the, if you just think about, think about it in, in time increments, okay. from Stegosaurus to T-Rex, the amount of time between Stegosaurus and T-Rex is greater than the amount of time from T-Rex till now. Oh, shoot. So, so, you know, dinosaurs had a lot of time to evolve. And, and, and so, you know, birds, you know, birds, most of their evolution has happened since the dinosaurs went extinct. Right. So a lot of the characteristics that birds have probably came from dinosaurs. And I think, you know, I think dinosaurs were vividly colored like birds. I think they they had songs. They would I think they danced. I mean, so, you know, I try to get people to realize that dinosaurs could have been, you know. You know, pink and and dance, you know, I mean, people don't want to think about that, but. But and that's kind of scary <laughs> to think about a giant T-Rex dancing and singing before it mauls you. Oh, well, a yeah. big pink flamingo. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's no reason that you know we make them look very reptilian still, and they shouldn't. They should look more bird-like. You think I, that they ever had any beaks? Well, some some dinosaurs had beaks. Yeah, I mean. You know, a lot of dinosaurs had keratin beaks, just like a bird does. Yeah, that's super, super interesting. And what has there been any late 
like breakthrough discovery at all or has, has everything been kind of stagnant throughout the last few years and we're just trying to finally dig deep and create one well i you know we're, we're finding out new things about dinosaurs all the time so you know every all of us researchers you know are finding you know new tidbits every once in a while or there aren't very many big discoveries made lately but but you know that's in paleontology you know we we just you know we're we're limited really to what we find you know we can't if i wanted to find a t-rex i know where they are i mean i know where they're preserved but do you think that what do you think the chances are that i could just go you know spend the summer and find one you know, even though I know exactly what rocks to look at, I mean, I, I have found a dozen of them, but you know, I, I didn't go looking for them specifically. I went out just looking for anything I could find. And have you found full skeletons or just parts of T-Rex? Well, nobody finds a full skeleton of basically anything. I mean, you, yeah. it's pretty hard to find a full skeleton because in order to find them, something has to have weathered out of the ground already. Okay. So you're fine with T-Rex skull. Yeah, I, I, like I said, we found you know a dozen T-Rexes. So, and my question is because I really want to go on a dig, and do I get to keep it? Well, if you, depends on where you go. If you if you went out with us, no, you can't because it's you know we we we. Uh, we're doing research. Yeah. And, you know, the, the whole idea is, is, is to get the data. Yeah. Specimens go to museums where everyone can enjoy them. Of course. Cause I know, uh, what's his face? Nicholas Cage purchased a full or an almost complete T-Rex skeleton for like a hundred million dollars mm. 10, oh. 10, 20 years ago. And I've, I, I'm going to buy a house real soon. And I, I want, over my dining room table, a full T-Rex skull. I'm, I'm going to buy a replica one, but that's like. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the thing to do is get a replica. I mean, if you, yeah. had, a, if you had a real skull, it, you know, nobody could do research on it. Exactly. It has to be in the public trust in order for, you know, for people to do research on it. And so. Well, you're telling me you have nothing. You don't have science. Do you have anything like any like a like a tooth or anything that you keep that you keep for yourself or you everything you you give out to study? I, it would be a conflict of interest. Okay. Right. Yeah. I do have you know I stuff that I collected this summer that will go to a museum. There's a dome-headed dinosaur, one of the Pachycephalosaur skulls. You know, and and I'm I just cleaned it off and 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 I'm getting a museum number for it. And, and then you know I can do research on it. That's really cool and actually very. You don't you know you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to have an important specimen. Yeah, and that's just you know you just don't want to. I mean that that you know. And I, I read somewhere too. A lot of people have have them, and you know they're they're selfish. useful to science. I mean. Yeah. Scientists can't use them. And how active are scientists currently with trying to create a dinosaur? Like, is it something that's like going on every day or is it like a 
like on the back burner. Like first, first go to space. No, second, I have, I have, I, you know, I have a laboratory where people are working on it every day. Wow. But as far as I know, that's the only laboratory in the world where that's happening. Of course. What's I'm sure PETA isn't fond of you. Well, no, PETA can't. You know, there's nothing that PETA can do. It's, you know, we, all of our research is done with tiny, tiny little embryos. I mean, they're just, you know, first off, I assume you realize that we eat 22 million chickens a day, right? So yeah. it's like there's a lot of chickens out there and, and we eat 200 million eggs a day and what we're doing is we take one egg that is viable, that has a, an embryo just starting to grow. And we inject it and turn a gene on, and then we let it grow just a tiny little bit to see what might be happening to the, to the embryo, and then we terminate it. So it's, it's not even, you know, it's not even partially grown. Yes. Yeah. Tiny, tiny little thing. How come you guys terminate it? How come you don't wait to see what comes out of it? Pardon? Why do you guys terminate it instead of see what actually comes out of it? Well, because then we would have problems with PETA and all sorts of, you know, we, we follow a lot of protocols already. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we follow, follow all the rules. Uh, but, you know, even the researchers, they don't, they don't want, they're not trying to make, you know, they're not trying to make some kind of weird looking creature i mean yeah. they're they're trying to make a dinosaur so and so. but that is the ultimate goal though to have a living breathing dinosaur exactly if you had to put an estimate how close do you think we are right well there's no way to know because unfortunately each time we figure out something it's there's it doesn't help us with the next thing we need to figure out <laughs> so it's so just, always one step forward two steps back well, it's, we don't really go backwards. We just, we just, you know, it's, there's, there's no way to connect how the tail is made with how the arms are formed. I mean, so there's, you know, we've figured out a lot of stuff so far, but we don't know how long it'll take to figure out the tail. We didn't know how long it would take to figure out, you know, anything. And some, some things just took a couple of weeks and the tail so far has taken, you know, two years. We haven't figured it out yet. So, but you've had you have figured out the teeth, the arms. What else have you figured out? We still haven't got claws on the ends of the hands, though. So, what does the hands look like? Uh, three fingered hand. You know, claws. Three three fingered hand. Hmm? Just like a like a dinosaur has, except it doesn't have claws yet. Wow. That's, you, don't, you don't have claws either. We don't. We don't have claws. So it looks yeah. like. So you have fingernails. They look like they have fingernails. Well, they look. You know, they look like a like a velociraptor hand, except with no claws. Wow. And uh, you got the teeth. You got the mouth. You got what about? Okay. So what you're saying is that they never had lizard eyes. They had bird eyes. They had bird eyes. I mean, they have, you know, we, we don't really know what kind of eyes they have, but, you know, we're going to use a bird, so we don't need to change the eyes. Yeah, that's extremely exciting. And I'm, I have this other question. Um, 
hypochrosaurus chromatin materials and some sort of proteins are found, can they clone it? No. No? No. Well, there you go. Yes, I am your Nick. That is your question answered. Um, so your, your stance essentially on the extension is stupid. Well, of course. And do you think it'll ever be possible to have a Jurassic Park-like thing? Well, I don't know that you'd want to make a Jurassic Park-like thing. Why, you know, you know, we we figured out how to genetically modify cats and dogs for pets, right? Yeah. So why not just have you know little dinosaurs for pets? I would die to have a why put a, why why make them and then put them in a zoo? That'd be like a, putting cats and dogs in zoos. But how how are you gonna have a T Rex as a pet, Jack? Well, you know, I'm not going to have a T-Rex for a pet. <laughs> you have a little chickenosaurus as a pet. Exactly. I, so, I would want a chickenosaurus. That yeah. I would be first in line to purchase. Or you put a T-Rex, you know, and put it in the back backyard and it, it'll eat the neighbors, right? <laughs> what do you think it would do to the environment if we somehow do? Because okay, let's say let's say we create this chickenosaurus, right? That's only one type of dinosaur. Well, how do you go from there? Again, you know, it's just like modifying a cat or a dog, right? I mean, you know, people made chihuahuas for some reason. Right? Who knows why? Yeah. And, and you know, what do, what do you do with them, right? You have them yeah. for pets. And no, my question is, how do you get different dinosaurs? So if we're making this chicken a source that you say is going to resemble a raptor, how do we someday get to a stegosaurus you know what i mean how do we get the plates on a dinosaur well you know theoretically just like we made indominus rex right yeah using different genes that that you know promote different characteristics so just modify the chickenosaurus essentially yeah, why not yeah well my manager slash girlfriend's here and she just left for a second he's saying in the future we might have chicken sources as pets. <gasps> and you know, that's, you know, I'm going to have, have one. I'm going to have one. Unfortunately, I don't think we could take them to the dog park, but. <laughs> they, they might eat the dogs. They might eat the dogs. And uh, how big do you think the chicken source can get? I know, I know we're super early. We don't know much of anything, but is it going to be the size of a chicken or are these latent genes you're turning on going to affect the size of it as well? I don't really know, but you know, hopefully it'll be the size of a chicken. <laughs> a little bigger might be a little too scary. But then, like you said, from there we can mutate it to make it bigger. We can. Well, the, the thing is that once we can do it with a chicken, we can do it with an ostrich or an emu or you know any bird. Birds are all birds have are you know birds are we can do it with a hummingbird. You know the thing is is that you know birds are all related. So yeah. Once we know how to do it with one bird, we can do it with all of them. If you could bring back one dinosaur, that's not a duckbill dinosaur. Well, I, would, I, I would bring back a duckbill dinosaur. Aside from a duckbill dinosaur. No, I don't know. Maybe a horn dinosaur. A horn dinosaur? Like a Carnotaurus? Actually, I might you know, bring back a Pachycephalosaur and see what, he, see what he actually does with this dome. Because one thing he doesn't do is crash his head together. He doesn't. No. So they weren't they weren't ramming into things. 
No, they were not. Only once. They could only do that once. <laughs> and then they had soft skulls? You could do it once, too. And then I'm dead. That's right. <laughs> so they had very soft skulls. Well, they actually don't. They have really hard skulls, but the skulls are so hard, they're hyper-mineralized, which means they're like glass. They're brittle. They would just shatter. That's crazy, because Jurassic Park, those things are ramming into everything. That's, that's Steven Spielberg's fiction. That's actually really, really cool, that science, movie, and getting... To me, the science is cooler than the actual movie, because... Of course it is. It's real yes. and i hope in my lifetime i could see a dinosaur at some point and well, i hope in my lifetime i can too and my lifetime is going to be shorter than yours so i don't believe so I haven't heard yet. hopefully that that'll motivate a faster dinosaur do you think that it'll be good for the environment to bring back dinosaurs Again, you know, you don't think it'll affect like the, like the pyramid? How do cats and dogs affect the environment? Yeah, but we we feed cats. I'm saying if we were to bring back dinosaurs and have them, you don't think they'll ever act, we could ever acclimate them to the wild to be on their own. You think well, dinosaurs uh, bringing back would be strictly for pets? Well, we we're gonna have to take care of them. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you let two or three T Rexes out and somebody's gonna go shoot them, right? Yeah, I don't want that. That's <laughs> They need to be super protected. And what about bringing back my favorite animal of all time, which I still think can be alive somewhere, the Megalodon. That's, other than T-Rex, T-Rex is my favorite dinosaur of all time. Megalodon is my favorite animal. And I still think he's alive, or it's alive. Okay, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't bring him back, it back. I don't keep saying it. Well, I, you know, I, nothing says we can't, but, but you know. Wouldn't we just have to mutate a, a great well, white? It's definitely going to eat a whole bunch of things that, you know, it is and would be an apex predator, and it definitely would be a keystone predator, a keystone species, and would probably collapse an ecosystem or two. Yeah. So that's not, that doesn't, that's not good. Yeah. So my, my, my whole theory on it being alive because there has been some like videos that come up of like or under like super deep oil rigs like you'll see a huge shadow move by and it's like in the shape of a shark there was a video that came out from brazil in 2013 of um some sunken ship there was a dude they were rescuing with the helicopter and there was a video down below on the shark shape uh shark like shape passed by them it was like 65 feet long so i hold out hope that one day it's the ocean's so unexplored that maybe it's hiding maybe it's playing hard to get yeah well you know you and you and the Loch Ness people <laughs> i don't believe in nelly but i believe in the methadone okay <laughs> so jack again huge honor genuinely yeah wow. i really really appreciate you coming on i know a lot of our viewers are going to be really excited for this episode. This is, I've been, I've said it since the beginning, the goal, I'm a film student and I love dinosaurs. And I made, I actually made a TV show about dinosaurs that I'm pitching. I said from the beginning, I want a movie director and a paleontologist. And I just got the godfather of paleontology on my podcast. So I really, really appreciate you coming on, Jack. You're very welcome. And good luck nice. with it. What happened? 
I said it was nice meeting you. But very nice meeting you too. And a good, really good luck with your chicken asaurus. And I can't wait till it's up for purchase because I will be the first one to buy one. <laughs> Remember my name. I'm going to be All in right. pre-order line. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. No, bye. Bye.